0: Well, hello, hello, fellow Supermoms, Nadine here, and with me is somebody really special. I met her in Florida in February, just before, you know, the whole world got shut down. This is the amazing Tammy Foltz, who is a grief coach. Tammy, welcome on the show. Well, can hello, you, can thank you so much. Yeah, can you introduce yourself and, and, and maybe explain how did you become
1: a grief coach? Oh my gosh. Well, how long do we have? Ah. (laughs) Now, I'm Tammy. I'm in Toronto, Canada. So just across the pond, we would say from you. Um, Oh my gosh. And my journey to becoming a grief coach. Um, I mean, looking back, it's not surprising this is where I I ended up. But um, looking over the career, it was, I became, well, I was working in events for decades. I loved it, um, but was just burning out. And thought, well, what else, you know, can I do <laughs> that I enjoy? And it was one of those where I looked at my core values and my natural strengths and everything kind of pointed to coaching or leadership or teaching. And my, when I researched Life Coach, which is, again, it's like over 10 years ago, it was still a pretty fringe thing. And, but once I read up on it, I'm like, oh, my God, this is exactly what I need to do. Because I've always had that face that people just tell their deepest stories to. And I help them Navigate steps forward, and I always thought I gave pretty good advice. Um, so I kind of just dove into that just as being a life coach. And as my journey continued, then I, I added on yoga training uh, because I really liked the holistic look of like a mind body spirit connection. And that was great. And then I discovered Brene Brown. Oh, yes. Who, right, who just wrapped <laughs> language around everything I was feeling and my perfectionism. <laughs> um, <laughs> And realizing um, shame stories that went back to grade one, because actually I was, also, I'm also a cancer survivor, because I had a Wilms tumor as a child. And realizing that, wow, my armor kind of went on as a kid, because I was pointed and laughed at with my first day back to school. Because, you know, I had no hair, I, you know, kind of look like a skeleton, I look like, you know, I was a cancer patient. Yeah. And, I romanticized that story as that was the day my brother became my ultimate protector because he's older than me. And when those, when those two boys pointed and laughed at me, he kind of roughed them up and then, you know, took me over to the slide, which is where I was trying Aww. to go. And so I thought he descended from the heavens and just yeah. like, you know, roughed up those boys and that was it. And then I did the Brene Brown stuff and I was like, Oh, geez, that's the day where I can almost hear keek, 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 like my armor yeah. going on because I was so vulnerable. Um. And never wanted that to happen again. So added on the Brene to the yoga, to the coaching. And I still use that every day because all her, all her stuff is just so transferable to every area of your life. Um, and then I started looking at, like when I was working with clients, this fear has kind of always came down to the fear of death. And that kind of got me curious about that and how a hundred percent of us are going to die. But yet, in North America, like under 25% of us have our end-of-life paperwork together. So I was like, huh, that's interesting. How can we kind of close that gap? Yeah. Um, knowing that if you have a plan, you tend to relax a little bit because you'll know what to do. And then, you know, whenever the time comes, all your loved ones have to do is follow the plan. And that leaves them time and space to just love you through your transition. So then I came to Life and Death Coach for a while. Um, which I was a hit at parties because people do love talking about this, like in the, in the corner, you know, the glass of wine, it's like yeah. tell us more about, you know, what do you think happens after, you know, like, oh, there's yeah, all these fascinating yeah. conversations, but it didn't really, you know, monetize into anything and people loved talking about it, but they didn't actually want to take action around it. So as, but as I had these conversations about death with people, um, grief became more of the okay, I get that. I've had grief. I can understand loss. And that became more of the accessible, um, entry point for people. And eventually we'll talk about death if they want to go there, but grief is definitely the more universal, um, thing that people feel comfortable talking about. Yeah. Because a lot of people use say death and it shuts them down. So that's where then I added on uh, grief recovery training. Um, which is amazing because it's, it's been around for over 40 years. It was written by grievers for grievers. Um, and it's an action oriented process. So that's again, much like coaching it's, it's a take you where you are and move you forward. Whereas therapy is more take you where you are and let's untangle some past stuff, which is all great, but I'm more of the goal kind of move you forward sort of thing. And this really fit well with that. And that's what I've been doing now for about a year and a half and, It's phenomenal. I just love the grief recovery method. It's just, and now it's an evidence proven. They've, you know, studied it and all that kind of things. I also love the science. My scientific brain likes to know the facts and everything (laughs) behind it. So, but it's nice because it really helps people understand how grief works. How there's over forty types of losses that can, you know, evoke those feelings of grief. It's not just death and divorce, which tend to be the big ones. And I know we'll talk about that today because. So much loss right now, this pandemic, as well as, you know, for your audience, um, yeah. having to deal with illnesses and diagnosis and all that sort of thing are also forms of loss. Yeah, so That's a long way to of how I kind of got <laughs> to being a grief coach. But um, it makes sense to me looking back, like I've, I've, again, being a cancer survivor, I used to work um, in physiotherapy, I used to work with seniors in home care, like I've always kind of been around loss and, yeah. and that sort of thing. So So it feels great to be able to yeah now help people with a natural part of life we all have loss yeah but we don't
0: talk about it no and it's you know we automatically if we talk about loss or or grief it's about automatically it's about you know death but yeah you know it it can be about many things that you kind of have to say goodbye to and uh that's kind of you know why i also invited you on this show because. so uh my community is special needs moms and all kinds of forms. So you have, have, have the special needs moms with, with uh kids with autoimmune diseases, uh or uh, more the mental challenges, you know. Uh I have two kids and I combined all, all that. Mm-hmm. So I have the whole, whole package, but um, and I often hear oh you're so tough and you know I so admire you because the way of you handle things, but what most people don't realize. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if you really handle it. You, you just have to, of course you handle it because you get a diagnosis and then you just move forward from that. And you don't have time to stop and really think about it. Uh, but sometimes yeah. you, you go to those faces and also talking to you in fe- February in Florida, I was like, that's actually grieving um, mm-hmm. and uh you know it's also as a special needs parents yeah you you kind of have maybe stages, you know the first thing is that you get the diagnosis, and that can also be kind of a happy thing that sounds weird, but it's yeah finally there is a word or okay, we have this There's and certainty. now we can yeah move forward or, you know, see, I'm not nuts. <laughs> There's actually something going mm-hmm. on. Yeah. Uh, but it's not a, the end of the line with diagnosis. It's just the start of sometimes a really long process. Um, you know, uh, our daughter has uh, juvenile arthritis mm-hmm. and we, n- we have known now for uh, uh, nine years, nine to 10 yeah. years. And yesterday, uh, she's now on new meds because it's not going well. And yesterday evening, she came to me completely devastated, crying. And she normally never cries. And she said, I I can't remember the last time or ever having so much pain in so many joints. And Mm. I'm so afraid of my future. And, you know, that's also a new kind of grief again. So you have to, you're not only grieving. The future of your kids, because that's not going to be the same anymore. Uh, maybe also, I think there are, you never talk about it as a parent, but sometimes you also grieve about you had a future plan for yourself. Yeah. And of course you said goodbye to it. Of course you drop everything and, you know, mm-hmm. but it was not that idyllic picture that you had in mind, you know. I'm going to have kids, they're all going to be great and brilliant, and we're all going to you know, fight for life, it's going to be all Mm -hmm. sunshine and rainbows. Um, and I'm going to have a great corporate career in the meantime. (laughs) And everybody will understand if something is going on, but that's also, you know, Mm -hmm. you're going to grieve maybe uh problems that you're going to have with family or friends that. You no, mm-hmm. just don't get it and can't deal with it, for instance. So I wanted to talk to you about, you know, so as a special needs mom, you're, I think, kind of constantly, well, not constantly grieving, but, you, you know, in the beginning when you get diagnosed, if it's getting worse at a certain moment uh, with uncertainties, could you maybe... Explain a little bit how it works, grief, and maybe also what you can do. It is not that we, as especially parents, sometimes sit on the couch and think, hmm, I'm actually grieving at the moment or something. But yeah. sometimes you get stuck and you don't know what's going on. And I now realize, you know, if I'm just stuck, like yesterday evening, I know now that, you know, it's because you get so scared and you get so mm-hmm. afraid of the future. And that's also mm-hmm. saying goodbye to an innocent piece of, you know, there's no innocence anymore. There's just, yeah. yeah.
1: Which is, yeah, you've summed it up perfectly. It's again, there's over 40 types of losses. Um, but first I'll touch a bit on the unresolved grief. And usually the kind of parameters you can ask or questions you can ask yourself is do you have hopes and dreams and expectations that won't be fulfilled or do you wish things were different or better or more and a lot of times you can check all six of those like yeah i wish things were different for my kid i wish they were better than what they are i wish they're more than what they are And as your daughter was just saying, you know, last night, she's like, I'm scared for my future because now there's these hopes and dreams and expectations that she had for the future that with this pain may never be fulfilled. So that's how, you know, it's grief. And then again, the, the kind of over 40 types. And even as we, we navigate this pandemic, loss of safety, loss of security, loss of trust, loss of faith, Loss of community, loss of routine, loss of normalcy. Like, I mean, we can literally list, and I've put together a guidebook that, you know, we, people can use um, the standard for my website, but really just kind of getting in touch. And that's almost the first step, just like you were saying. So when you do feel yourself kind of emotionally ensnared, know, you're like, oh my gosh, I'm feeling this, having that awareness and acknowledgement that this is happening, noticing where it's happening in your body, You know, it's like me, even as I was just imitating that, like my shoulders tense, my heart races, maybe your face is flushed, your palms get sweaty, whatever it is. You're like, oh God, it's here, it's here, it's here. And instead of, you know, trying to shove it away, which any kind of these heavier, quote unquote, darker emotions like grief and sadness and shame and guilt and all these things that come up, we've been told to shove them away. Soldier on, toughen up. Give it time, <laughs> you know. Like all yeah. these myths, which I'll talk about too in a minute, um, really hinder our healing. So the more you can acknowledge and accept that this is happening right now, yeah. and that it's okay, because loss is a part of life. And as I said, like you look, like, there's dark and there's light. There's the sun and the moon. Like you just look at nature; we're always in that you know, dance between the light and dark. But we've always just been, and especially now the Instagram, we've only ever seen the highlights. We only ever want to see the sunny stuff. That's a whole other side that also deserves to be honored. And again, we were just taught not to honor it, that it's bad, you shouldn't feel these things. And how you deal with it is you just shove it even to a darker place, yeah. the sub-basement of your soul.
0: <laughs> and then yeah. hopefully,
1: and if that doesn't work, then we'll try to numb it out. So when we do feel it, I know for me, when this pandemic started, it was like, give me all the chocolate, <laughs> give me all the Netflix, because I don't want to feel this. I'm scared. So how can I numb it out? Yeah. You know, and then you're saying it's comfort, but there's that fine line between comfort and numb. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's comfort with Corona. Costed me uh, cost me like 10, <laughs> t- 10 pounds. Exactly. <laughs> and that's fine.
1: It's fine. Right um because we all do this it's 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 global like we're all doing that it's fine it's just that being mindful of why we're doing it and and you and that's where again you just come back to okay i'm feeling it yeah and now you know i've definitely cut down my chocolate intake (laughs) and thankfully you know we've come through winter here in canada so like i'm you know what i'm feeling it i'm gonna go for a walk and lo and behold by the time i get back and it could even just be a five minute walk around the block like i'll get back and that emotion has moved because that's what that's what emotions are, I believe, are energy in motion. So when that energy comes in you, you just have to move it, but you have to say, oh, hi, you're here. Hi, grief. Welcome back. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to do, I'm going to figure out what works for me, which for me is connecting with nature. That's the yogi in me and, and just the movement of walking. For some, it might be journaling about it. For some, it might be doing a boxing class, you know, <laughs> online and, you know. Some, it might be calling a friend and and whatever. There's all different ways it can work. And that's how parents can really lead by example for their kids. You know, so when your daughter comes to you, and I always say like, there's one thing they can take away your audience from this is like, go first. Adults should go first because this is a vulnerable time we're living in. And I love Brene Brown's definition of vulnerability of it being uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. All three of those are amplified right now. Everything feels risky. We're feeling really emotionally vulnerable and raw and exposed and we kind of don't even know what to do with all these emotions, right? And then just everything is uncertain. We don't know, like even as we come out of these lockdowns, like it might go back. Yeah. You know, what's gonna happen in the fall? Like there's just so much that we can't predict, um, which is what we love as humans, right? We like to predict and control. <laughs>
0: And yes. everything right now
1: is unpredictable. Yeah. So really just honoring again, like that thing. So you can say that like me with vulnerability because it's always the first thing you want to see in someone else and the last thing you want to show. But if you can find that courage to be like, hey, so when your daughter comes to you, be like, yeah, you know what? I, I heard that too. Like, you know, when I talk about the pandemic, like, yeah, I heard that on the news too. And it's a little bit scary, but we're going to, you know, we're going to work through yeah. it together. And just being that really kind of honest and vulnerable so that they aren't being taught to stuff down their emotions and to shepherd away and that they're not good. Yeah. So the more the, the parent can lead with a little bit of yeah. vulnerability, as well as the good stuff. Be like, hey, you know, this really cool thing happened today. And then usually like, you can almost hear the conversation. The kid would be like, yeah, and this cool thing happened for me. I was able to finally see my friend and yeah. we played Frisbee or, you know, yeah. whatever it is that you can, you going first, We'll just open that door because I think both, maybe, and probably you and I, been in those situations where it's like we need to talk, yeah, and then immediately you're like, oh crap, oh god, <laughs> you know. Whereas if you can just kind of make it a more normalized conversation piece of like, hey, you know, checking in, and again, just going first, yeah, they can then open up as well.
0: Yeah, but but opening up, you know, especially with teenagers, that yeah, <laughs> yeah that's a challenge. But uh, yeah. I remember when COVID-19 started, uh, my daughter just felt extra punished yeah. because uh, um, there were extra meetings with doctors in the Dutch Juvenile uh, Society. Uh, and doctors, you know, all the parents were really nervous because uh, most kids with juvenile arthritis take a whole lot of medication mm-hmm. that... Uh, lowers, if not shuts down, their immune system because their own immune system is fighting against their own body. Uh, So we had to tell her uh, in a weekend, really sorry, you can't go to school anymore, coming Monday. And she was just so angry and so mad. The funny thing was, a day later, none of the kids in the Netherlands (laughs) were allowed to go to school. So, but she was like, yeah, but I was, again extra special. Again, I do. We just let our rage recognize that it sucked. Yeah. Um, and I have to, I think most parents do that. Well, no, maybe not But <laughs> I do. Uh, you know, if something shitty happens, uh, I'm all about, if I have, you know, my annual checkups uh, for, 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 for cancer and everything, That's my chocolate and new shoes day. (laughs) So (laughs) try to make something nice out of it. Uh, Hospital visits for my daughter, I do the same thing. Bad news things, I do the same thing. But she will actually say sometimes now, Mom, buying new things won't take it away. Uh, uh, So we now realize if she's like yesterday evening, uh, uh, she's a typical teenager. So, you know... Isolating herself in her room, you know, the whole <laughs> pandemic and isolation is <laughs> going really well with teenagers in general. Oh, yes. uh, yeah. But these are the times that she actually reaches out and not talking about her disease, but wanted to just sit next to you and cuddle mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. yesterday watch the bodyguards, you know, <laughs> so on. But, yeah, I do think it is really important importance if you want to help your kids you first have to you know help yourself and recognize actually that you know if something happens how do you respond to it and what you can do to kind of maybe not ignore it and move forward but recognize it deal with it and
1: yeah and that's exactly it the acknowledgement of the feelings right so I always think of them like if they were just coming to dinner, you know, these are all, and they're all parts of you, but we tend to like, no, you don't get to sit at the table grief because you're messy. And we don't know what's going to happen with you. Um, And that's all they want. Like, well, like any human, we just want to be seen and heard and know that we matter. And the same with any of these emotions that we tend to shove away. They want to be seen. They want to be heard. And know that they matter to you.
0: Oh, I just realized, did you ever watch Inside Out?
1: Yes, exactly. That movie is brilliant, right? Because sadness, she's there. And look at the gifts that she can actually bring if you can befriend her.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. And validating the feelings, you know, just you're saying with your daughter. So letting her rage, being like, yes, honey, that sucks. You know, And, and here's the thing with grief too. Um, Because we are so scared of it generally, because in order for me to empathically listen to you and your story of pain, it's going to trigger my similar stories. I don't have, you know, as a child with rheumatoid arthritis, but I can identify with the frustration, confusion, sadness, despair. Like I can, and so as soon as I recognize that emotion in me, if I haven't processed it well, then I may shut down, you know, and be like, you know what? Uh, yeah, that's great. I'm just going to throw some advice at you and try to get out of here as fast as possible. Cause I don't know what to say. Yeah. And one of the best things that we can just do is empathically listen, which means two ears, and no mouth, be present, acknowledge, validate, cry along with them, laugh along with them, but allowing And what it does, it just allows that space for those emotions to be seen and heard and know that they matter. And that's one of the greatest gifts, I think, of the grief recovery process I take people through is that by the time they get to the end and they read this completion letter saying goodbye to the pain of the past and knowing that they have, you know, all the time in the world and they won't be interrupted, they won't be touched, they won't be given Kleenex even, they just get to process that energy in motion, Nadine is one of the most beautiful, liberating things you can witness because they're finally giving themselves permission to really let go. And that's the kind of gift, again, that parents can give their kids. So when your, when your daughter comes to you and is in that anger, be that presence, you know, because, and this is where i also go in my yogi, of like masculine and feminine, but emotions are feminine right they're watery they can rage they can be a wave they can calm down they can and you're kind of like the riverbanks and you're just helping to like guide it but otherwise you're just kind of there and being that really masculine grounded structure yeah so that the emotion can flow and she will she'll get through and often all I say and I'm saying this verbatim and it's a Brene Brown line but it's I don't even know what to say I'm just so glad you told me because oftentimes, anything we say isn't going to help. Yeah. And we get so worried about saying the wrong thing yes. that we just go silent. And honestly, we can just be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll validate.
0: That sucks. Yeah. 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 You know, you, that's actually... Yeah. <laughs> that, that's actually yesterday on my... Because I shared, I deliberately shared the shitty stuff on my social media. Deliberately. You know? hmm uh, yes, you can see me in my uh, two seater uh, sports wagon, but you can also see me pick up another box of medication for the gazillion time to, to exactly, you know, like you said, show that it's light and dark. Is, yeah. yeah, yeah, light and dark. Uh, and I, now I totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> uh, oh, I really lost my train of thought. I will come back to me. But come back. it's, yeah. No, yeah, that's what I want to say. So, somebody on Facebook, a friend of mine said, literally, I just don't know what to say. I'm mm-hmm. so sorry for you. Uh, you know, I'm here. Mm-hmm. That's it. And there's actually, you know, there are so many people saying that, oh, it will get better. Thank <laughs> you. Don't know that. Shut up. <laughs> right. And actually, so, yeah, yeah, with that, let's
1: talk about those myths. Because this for me, yeah. when I was learning about grief, just really like the little key that can unlock a big door. I was yeah. like, oh my gosh. So, so what, and you actually touched on a bit earlier and your daughter pointed out to you replacing the loss, which is one, especially we hear this all the time. Oh, your dog died. Get a new dog. Your, you know, your boyfriend broke up with you. Get a new boyfriend. There's plenty of fish in the sea, you know, like yeah. all that kind of stuff, but it doesn't, and you're going to see the scene here. It doesn't validate the emotion yeah you know I still believe that I haven't cried as hard as I did when my dog died you know but people be like whatever it's a dog it's not like you lost your grandmother or your mom or whatever and I'm like it was my dog
0: (laughs) you know and
1: and and just feeling like well maybe I shouldn't be this upset you know and even when you look at corporately you know well here you got three days bereavement You know, if your mother dies or something like that, like supposed to be like three days. Yeah. Okay. Who determined that? You know. And sorry, I'm going to go a bit over. Okay, so we'll come back to the no, no, that's okay. Also, leads to the stages of grief, right? Like, there's not grief isn't tidy. Grief isn't linear. There's not like okay, I'm you know I go through denial and then I move on. It's like check, 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 and then it's done and it's over. Yeah. Again, loss is a part of life it's all about integrating and just learning how to process it um, effectively so that it doesn't become um, this, this unnecessary suffering, right? Because we're all going to have pain in our lives, but it's the suffering that we tend to put ourselves through because we don't talk about it. Um, and the reason, you know, even Elizabeth Kubler ross who wrote the stages of grief, even though she was very explicit in her book, that this was written for people who have received a terminal diagnosis, and these are the stages I noticed that they go through yeah. while coming to terms with their own death. The media got labeled as, oh, this is grief in general. This is how everyone goes yeah. through it. And I, ag- I like that it does provide a bit of a ladder, you know, that like some yeah. of a structure that we can go, oh, okay. So like you were saying, I was like, okay, I'm not crazy that I'm angry yeah. over this. Um, but it's not, yeah, it's not, so universal that everyone's going to go through those stages. And with that, also that grief itself is unique and individual to the person. Because Nadine, you're unique and individual. So am I. And we may have, so let's say we were partners and, you know, something tragic happens in our family. Your response to that could be a completely different response to mine. And that's okay. But we tend to get pretty judgy. around that you know why aren't you crying or you're crying too much or you know like all these things come in because um we just think that it should be this universal response and it's not yeah um so all that to say if we go back to the myths of grief replacing the loss um is definitely one and the same thing when I was sick you know especially those days I really got poked and prodded at the hospital there's a mall down the street And the store called simpsons that had these smile face cookies and i knew that that was my reward you know which is fine again we want the comfort we want the celebration of like hey that was a hard day you made it true here's a cookie yeah but is it any surprise that when this pandemic started maybe (laughs) i bought cookies by like there was like oh two for six bucks i'm like well of course i'm gonna get the deal why would i just buy one box when they're on sale for two And then I'd be eating rows of cookies at a time. And that's where I was like, Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> yeah. But it makes sense because as a kid, I was given a cookie when I yeah. felt bad.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You still get a, a warm feeling when, you know, we, we started this whole process in Kansas and we would go to the hospital next to the hospital was crown center with Crayola lens. And we both love yeah. to draw, uh, but also, uh, bagels and beans place uh and uh i don't know another place and so every time it was a bagel just a plain bagel she didn't even want anything on it plain bagel that's her ultimate comfort food
1: yeah which is great to have that right like honestly yeah yeah. to know that that's going to make you feel better awesome yeah awesome um But again, and all these kind of myths, there is truth to them, you know, Um, but it's more of that piece of like, are you doing it to avoid the pain forever? Like you're trying to just lean into these because you don't want to feel it and you're trying to outrun, you know, and that's just where, okay, but body's going to always keep score, you know, so the more we keep shoving these emotions down, because they are energy, they're getting stored in the body. And I've seen it time and time again, and it was for me, even personally, I was so Super stressed in my event career, I started getting you know precancerous cells on my cervix, and I was like, oh gosh! And the only thing I could attribute it to was the stress of this job that I never felt I could ask for help with. Like, it was all my yeah. own doing. Um, and then lo and behold, quit the job, the cells go away because you know then my body was like, okay, now we can you know start to release this. Cause the body keeps score. Yeah. That's all I can say to all you parents out there. So again, these things may work in the short term, Yeah, may even work for decades, but things are going to catch yeah. up to you. So the more you can take just small baby steps in a healthier direction. Um, so back to the myth, um, don't feel bad is another one. And this one really confuses grievers, right? Because you may be literally standing in front of someone um, Again, like it could be a breakup or whatever, and like, ah, oh, don't worry about it, right? Like, back to that plenty of efficiency, or like, oh, they aren't worth your tears, you know, move on, yeah. all that sort of thing. You're like, but I'm feeling bad. Yeah. But you're telling me I shouldn't feel bad. So now I'm confused. Do I just, yeah. mo- you know, and the kind of, you can see how that would just shove down that emotion. Yeah. Like, yeah, no, I shouldn't Actually, feel bad. Actually, yeah.
0: It's, it's, you're not, it's like your your grief is not recognized. It's not. You know, mm-hmm. same. oh, but there's there's other medication. Oh, you know, be happy that at least there is medication. Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Well, and, what we're, <laughs> and what we're doing here is we're trying to use our brains yeah. to heal
1: our hearts. So exactly that. You know what? There's other trials you can try. You're in the great hands of this hospital. You know, all these logical things. Yeah. And they do. They make sense. Yes, there are other things we can look at, but it doesn't honor a heart it doesn't honor that pain of that. Uh, and then that grief of like, yeah. well, this is a really hard time. I don't know what the future holds, <sighs> you know, yeah. you just want to be recognized yeah. in that. So when people say that their intentions are good and this isn't any kind of judgment, right? I mean, we all do these, these are universal myths. Yeah. Um, but we, uh, this really just helped me understand, Oh, that's why I feel gross after someone tells me don't feel bad when I'm feeling really bad. Yeah. It just makes me feel really small and like I don't know what I'm talking about and I should just move on. Um, so that's another one. Replace loss, another one. Um, grieving alone is another myth. And this kind of all boils down to the you know, laugh and the world laughs with you, cry. Yeah. And you cry alone, right? You know, ah, yeah. Top these things. Go to your, you know, be by yourself if you're going to cry. Go to your bedroom if you're going to cry. And conversely, you know, if someone, uh, say a friend of yours does have a death in their family, like, Oh, I'm going to give them space. Yes. They need to, they need to do that. Um, and we, and again, we understand why, right? Because if I'm going to empathetically connect with you, it could be really hard for me because that's going to bring up the pain. You know, maybe yeah. my mother also just died a while ago and I'm still grieving yeah. that. Um, but the thing is here is back to that vulnerability. The more you can I'm the courage to open up to others and share your story really breeds trust in that relationship because I know you can hold that space for me that I can be that emotive wave yeah. you know and you're gonna you're gonna hold it for me and and it will just help me move my emotion easier um but I I still do this. I still tend to retreat. And again, there's truth to these things. And that's fine, you know, to do it again for a short term. Yeah, I just want to be by myself and fall my eyes out. And then I'll maybe come to you, you know. Um, But it's one that I was like, yeah, I never really thought about grieving alone. um, And how it is we just tend to naturally give space and not want to engage with people and then next thing you know, a week goes by a month goes by and you're like oh shoot i never actually reached out after and then shame
0: comes in for that you know yeah and you still yeah yeah i i totally recognized that yeah also yeah. do doing it myself because you're like i don't know what to say and maybe not even with that but but um i remember a couple we knew had some relationship problems and uh later on she came back like saying it it became so quiet. Nobody phoned or whatsoever because they just didn't know what to say. Oh great, you mm-hmm. cheated. How's this going? You know? Yes. <laughs> so.
1: Yeah. And that's actually been for me a beautiful gift of the pandemic. Is people are reaching out. Yeah. And people aren't defaulting. Hey, how hey, Nadine, how are you? Good. I'm good. Great. Fine. Whew. Like and you move on. It's like holy smokes how has your day been let alone this week and that people are really sharing their grief yeah which i think is beautiful whether it be in these personal conversations even online you know like people saying hey that discomfort you're feeling right now it's grief because we are again to go back to all those losses we listed we are grieving all of these losses and our kids are grieving the loss of the routine of school of their friends of you know all these it's like yeah that's a lot and actually just another great analogy um and if you think of each of those losses as a rock that you put in a backpack that you carry every day they're human like that loss is cumulative it gets heavier with time and we just keep collecting these rocks on our path right and that's why taking action is the antidote to grief, which we'll kind of get to after this but um That for me was like, oh my gosh! Well, no wonder things feel so heavy, because each of these, you know, we think of them as that rock. It's like, yeah, man, I'm just carrying this all the time.
0: Yeah, and you know, you can carry it for a long time, you know, because you're strong and tough, and you have to move forward. But at a certain moment, I I never realized. Never, uh, I, I realized now that a couple of years ago, I my body just stopped because my mind couldn't handle stuff anymore. But, you know, military spouse, I can do this. I'm strong, I'm independent and I don't need anybody and uh, never reaching out for help. Uh, And I was training for uh, a mini marathon. So that's like um, a 30K. Mm. I was doing really well and suddenly a week before, in the forest. So I was like 15 kilometers away from home. My body just stopped. I I had to, it it was literally one step, setting one step in front of the other to try to reach home. And it was in the end, just because I didn't recognize what was going on in my mind. And I was just, I didn't talk to anybody, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, and, and my husband was away a lot and we were in a strange city. I didn't really connect because I just couldn't deal with that as well. And then mm-hmm. you're, and my body was just like, okay, if you're not listening to your mind, we're going to help mm-hmm. the mind now. <laughs> we're going to, and I think that maybe, I don't know if you can maybe explain or talk about that. Uh, I can also understand that if you keep ignoring pain or stuff or, you know, keep being quote, quote, uh, strong, uh, you can you know, burnout or uh, grief mm-hmm. can also turn into a depression if you're, if you just mm-hmm. don't know how to yeah. deal with it or not to recognize it at all.
1: And that's actually one of the myths, be strong for others. Yeah. And it's something I definitely still struggle with. Um, and as we, you know, as we said, the, that, that being strong just suppresses the emotion. It doesn't acknowledge it. It doesn't validate it. It's not seen or heard or known as it matters. And again, that just gets stuffed down, right? And the body, again, keeps score. And so that's why I was probably like, Nadine, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> You're literally trying to outrun all the stuff that's going on in your body. Um, and we just know, right, from life experience that nothing good ever comes from suppressing these emotions. So often, instead of being strong, I'll just say, how about you be human? And know that you're imperfectly flawed and beautiful. This is yours. This is everyone else's. That you can give yourself permission to slow down, to take a break, to ask for help, to lean on the resources around you. And I am as guilty as anyone in this. That was why I burnt out um, in that event career, because I, I had this belief that if I asked for help, it made me a weak person. I should be Wonder Woman. I should, do you see my cape? Like I am amazing. Um,
0: (laughs) I've got a a cape in my closet.
1: Yeah. yeah. And my boots are on order, but like it's, it's coming and, and I'll never forget. It just got to this point where again, my body was starting to shut down. I was on a massive event and I got some laryngitis which I was like how perfect I'm supposed to be commanding like telling people what to do and I can't even speak (laughs) I'm like okay body I hear you you know and and it forced me to ask for help and my boss like yeah sure we'll get you a coordinator it's great And I'm like uh, what (laughs) that's that easy I'm not fired I'm not you know and it was like oh okay and now I mean that's only been in the last 10 years not even five years that with practice and it's a process like I wish I could poop, and like here <laughs> now you're gonna be able to ask for help and not feel guilty and all these things but now I really do lean on defaulting to asking for help I used to be the grieve alone I can do it myself I am a strong person I can do it and listen sometimes I would get there but like at what expense you know? yeah. um, And now, I mean, in such with all this pandemic stuff, like calling friends, that's my default. And they call me, and it's just beautiful again that we yeah. keep trust with each other because we're there for each other.
0: Yeah, yeah I think um, maybe also people should realize that yes, grief can be really personal. How you deal with stuff, you know, my husband is afraid of other stuff for the kids than I am, you know, and we react differently, but we do try to listen to one another and sometimes talk yeah. about it. Maybe even, even if it's just short or just, you know, recognize the other person's pain or tears or, you know, when he came home late last night and I just, yeah, you don't have to say. And again, that just goes just... back
1: to being that validating Yeah, feelings. Yeah. They're real. They're true for him, you know, but we tend to be, you know, just so judgmental. Yeah. Um, and really I'm and it's definitely through this pandemic have been really defaulting to generosity what's the most generous assumption I can give this person right now because we're all not ourselves we're all on the edge of our seats of like I don't know what they you know, we're just all so heightened yeah I've, I've had anxiety I've never had anxiety before in my life I'm like what is this you know so like just trying to really be as generous as we can knowing that it's a lot going on so again there's like yeah. the kind of macro grief happening as well as all the micro you know there's been losses of jobs and the, all the community and everything that just you don't even realize the impact on your heart until you kind of get quiet and yeah like, oh, okay that's what's happening yeah. and and actually that's so right two more myths um and then i'll wrap that up but giving it time is also a myth that you hear all the time time heals all yeah. You know, just give it time it's going to you know be okay we'll just give it till the new year like we'll get through this you know yeah. and again that doesn't it doesn't acknowledge what's happening right now and kind of the always you know the example we give here is like well if you broke your arm you're not gonna sit there and go all right I'm gonna give it time it'll heal itself I mean yeah it might but your arm might be <laughs> yeah. disjointed it's like when you want to go and get expert help and you know And I think I've heard you talk about that before. It's like, yeah, why don't you just lean on the experts you have all around you and ask them for advice and lean on that, Yeah, you know, Um, because that's what they're there for. So that one, I even I hear that one all the time when you watch TV and that's the thing once you learn these myths, you start seeing them in like TVs and movie shows, movie shows, TV shows and movies. And you're like, no, 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 don't tell them to give it time. (laughs) You're like, don't tell them to just get another boyfriend. Like all these things, you're like, stop doing that. Um, and then the final one is keep busy, and this is the one where oh, I think yes. people do challenge the most because this pandemic has forced us to slow down, and we can't just default. I'm so busy with work, I can't even look at you know all this grief that's coming up for me. Um, but yeah, it's been one, and I still yeah, I'd I, I prefer to keep busy, yeah. <laughs> than to sit and go,
0: oh, why do I yeah. feel
1: so crappy right now? Yeah, um, yeah, but
0: this is the same. What you said, you know, that because of the pandemic, everybody's like, oh, no, now this is the time that you have to you know, online, you're going to blah, blah, blah. Really? Just trying to not go berserk watching the news. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, we,
1: we had time, not capacity. No. We did not have the mental capacity to process, honestly, any more than do I have toilet paper? <laughs> yeah. And do I have enough food? Like that, right? But yeah, we had this whole, like, oh, you should be hustling hard and getting, yeah. no.
0: It was so funny when I did, I was. Just, I went out for grocery shopping, and I think around the time they were going to announce the fact that everything was going to shut down uh, uh, after the weekend. And mm-hmm. it was busier in the grocery store than just before Christmas. <laughs> oh, my God. Right? i really mental. I
1: know. It was so wild um so all that to say there's a lot of myths we weren't taught this language growing up um and how we move forward is exactly what we've already talked about acknowledging accepting that this is happening right now and honestly my like i'm finding in this pandemic is just the the reaching out and talking to friends having honest open non-judgmental communications and getting to that really empathic listening level.
0: Yeah.
1: Um so if they are expressing some grief and some pain to just know that all you need to do is shut up and listen. <laughs> yeah. And it's that easy. We get so yeah. caught up in I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want, you know, what am I and you're not even really listening to them because you're just trying to formulate yeah. the answer. And then just right. If you have anything else to say, be honest. Like I don't even know what to say. Yeah, but thank you for sharing, and I'm here for you, and all the time, right? You almost like feel their shoulders drop, like okay, because it's being seen, yeah, being heard, being validated that it matters, you know. Um, and that's honestly the best advice for grief. Um, and then when you're ready to really move forward, I would suggest something like that, like what I do with the um, grief recovery method, which is a structured program. Yeah. Um to complete that pain in the past. Um, Cause what that does is we take one rock out at a time and look at it yeah. and honor it and then give yourself permission to put that rock down and move forward. Yeah. And then you take another rock, and then keep
0: going. <laughs> and you know? does that yeah. start with, because on your website, you have a tool to deal with grief.
1: Yeah. So there's a guidebook on there, um, that you can just download. And that is actually has that whole list of losses. Yeah. So it can help you again, just helping you identify what it is, so that you can understand also there's questions in there like how basically what, what your mind and body are doing when you are confronted with that emotion. Yeah. Like what's the first thing you want to do? What's the only thing you want to do? What's the tape in your mind that keeps on repeating and repeating? Um, so you kind of just look again how it's just so what's happening and then how unique to you is it showing up for you so that you can understand when it happens what it is. So, you know, it's like, I would say it's kind of like this, you know, ball of yarn, (laughs) right? Like grief feels like this massive, messy ball of yarn. And what this process does is help you pick out one thread at a time and go, okay. So this is grief, but what it actually is, is disappointment, you know? Okay, I'm disappointed, you know, that she can't go to this party um, and be with her friends because of her compromised immune system. Okay, now let's look at disappointment. How does that feel in my body? Oh, it feels like it lives in my heart that hurts my heart or, you know, sometimes it'd be like, Oh, my stomach's in knots or I feel like I can't breathe or my, again, like my palms or my shoulders or anything's tense and, you know, and just kind of, and then you can just go through, breathe through it, journal about it, talk to a friend about it. Again, it's just moving energy because that's all it is. But we Mm -hmm. tend to get, we tend to think, especially for the heavier ones, like grief that it's a bottomless pit or it's like a, the tsunami wave that you're just going to drown in. It's like, no, no, no. It's, it's not yeah. as scary as we make it out to be, yeah. um,
0: but but maybe if yeah. you feel like it's a tsunami, other uh, because I think that's a great example. But when's the moment? Eh, we should hire a Tammy. You should have a Tammy in our know, lives too. you know. Is there a specific sign you say? You know, if that's going on, and and you know, you maybe had eh, downloaded the tool, but you you just stuck other signs that you you know recognize as, as a parent perhaps yourself for for yourself or maybe even your kids that you're like mm-hmm. maybe i need a little bit more help maybe i need to family me to you know
1: yeah so you're, sorry so you're asking is there like a a tried and true response that you'll know that it is grief
0: yeah no but also that question? you you might need a little
1: bit more help
0: oh okay yeah,
1: I mean, there's a few. There's obviously physical things that happen. Um, you know, like reduced concentration. We definitely get very foggy and confused when we're in grief. Um, eating, right, is affected. Sleeping is affected. So there's kind of those like more physical yeah. symptoms. Um, but for people, like I said, again, it's checking to know if you have unresolved grief. Is those do you wish things are different or better or more? Or the hopes and dreams and expectations for the future. As well as can you only think of, so when you think of whatever, so let's say it was a, a death, can you only remember painful things? Or when you think of that person, all you can do is cry. You know, that, um, those are kind of clues. Again, because grief is unique for everyone, right? Yeah. But there are some universal, and I'm pretty sure they're in that guidebook. Um, there are some kind of universal themes where you can go, okay, yeah, I'm feeling that, I'm feeling that, I'm feeling that. Um, but the thing is with grief is that, again, we just weren't taught. It's not like you... It's not like you're broken, you know, it's just that you weren't given the right tools. And and they say that in the book where it's like, hey, um, see this white room. Nadine, I want you to paint it blue. And here's a hammer. (laughs) And you're like, "Uh, that doesn't help me. And that's kind of the same thing with grief. right? We're taught all those myths, like replace a loss, be strong, don't feel bad. And you're like, "Uh, uh, I don't know what to do with that. (laughs) So that's what I love about this process is that it's kind of a rinse and repeat. So the yeah. first half of it is just all that re-education piece and, and realizing how it shows up for you as a unique person. And then the last half of that process is literally where you just take each of those rocks out and you do a loss timeline. So again, you really honor all the losses that you've had in your life. And then you, do a, um, then you pick which loss you want to work on and then we'll do a graph just for that timeline. So what was the first memory you had up to current day? And mapping all the highs and lows of that relationship, and then doing recovery pieces. So, you have to look at apologies and forgiveness statements that maybe you haven't been said, or significant emotional statements like, I hate this, I love you, I miss you, you know, all these kind of things. And then that gets turned into a completion letter where, again, you're giving yourself permission to let go of the pain of that. It's not closure, it's just acknowledging
0: yeah.
1: this pain and that you don't want to carry this rock anymore. Um, so, I think that for everyone, we can all learn from that, you know? Yeah. Um, but it's where it becomes not debilitating, but just maybe like, this keeps coming up, right? Because your body's always talking to you. These feelings are talking to you. So if you're constantly feeling like you're on this treadmill and you can't quite figure out, like you're feeling stuck, and you don't know how to get it off, then it may be something you want to look at, Yeah. you know, to be like, okay, this keeps happening. Yeah, you know, that's what I said. The universe will keep throwing you lessons until you learn it. You know, and then you be like, okay, now I have the you know the paintbrush instead of the hammer. I know what to do, because and to give you another metaphor, but I also love it, it's like it's like a garden, you know. And if if something happens, if there's a big loss, that's a patch of your garden that you know, quote unquote, has died. And we all know what happens with that. Then bugs yeah. will enter, weeds will start to grow, unless you tend to it. And the more you can tend to it it'll start to flourish again, right? Because otherwise that little patch of your garden may, you know, those bugs may migrate over to the the other flowers in your garden and the weeds might infiltrate into other parts. And so all I am is a master gardener and I'm just going to teach you the tools and here's all your literal tools that you can use. And then you'll just keep tending to that garden, you know? Um, And I think we, again, we can all just benefit from that because we were never taught how to, process these emotions and they're a part of life they're going to keep happening so this is all really about how to integrate loss into your life because it's yeah we're not going to go through it like a sunshine and rainbows like we hope right we have all these dreams um but yeah it's a part of life and a necessary part you know um because I mean I know I'm already seeing some of the gifts of this pandemic like I already talked about like people are opening up more beautiful we're slowing down we're appreciating the small things in life and not i don't know about you but like i'm not buying as much like i don't feel like i need as oh. stuff. <laughs> you know?
0: she's no, like i'm yeah. the opposite
1: oh yeah i'm the opposite <laughs> yeah. but it's been it but that's the thing everyone's different right like yeah. it's just kind of interesting like huh maybe i don't need that or maybe i do need more of this or yeah, yeah it's just forcing us that yeah.
0: i have to say but i'm i'm an uh, extrovert so I'm, like, yeah. feeling like I'm in a bloody prison going, ah, leave okay. me out. Uh, so, and not that I went out that much, you know. Yeah. <laughs> like, I know. Well, it's like I just want to be invited to the party. I don't mean yeah. I have
1: to go. but
0: yeah. I just, <laughs> just want to yeah. know it's an option. Yeah, like that. <laughs> and I just, you know, missed, you know, what you said, missing the hugs and missing, you know, just yeah. to after a long week with two teenagers go hang out and have a glass of wine or two or three with yeah, friends yeah. you know uh just yeah talking but, patio and yeah but i yeah, have to say shop. even uh on, online wines you
1: know works great yeah. as well <laughs> yeah
0: so you but would have been another
1: gift for me i've been able to reconnect with people from when I lived in Australia and that sort of thing, because it's like, well, now we have time. You know, whereas before it was always hard to coordinate with, you know, time zones and all that. And now it's so much easier because everyone's home. <laughs> yeah. It's- I'm like that's a beautiful little gift that from yeah. this loss that I would have never thought about. But but it's hard. And then, and again, just to really hammer that home, like it's for grief, it needs to be honored. So again, whenever you're feeling it, take a pause, be like, okay. I see you.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: Let me get to know you a bit. Maybe I need to talk to my friend about what's happening so that it can just be, yeah. yeah Acknowledgement. So you can move through it. Just, we need to stop stuffing it yeah. away. Um, Cause yeah, that's when body starts shut down and <laughs> you know, all that sort of stuff. So the more we can just open up um, to grief and sadness and all those kind of heavier ones, the, the more whole we will be, you know,
0: well, you said it beautiful because I, I, I wanted to kind of wrap it up and, and, and kind of ask you for, not kind of, ask you for a final tip, you know, uh, for a mom, a partner, a sibling, or the child itself. But I think, like you already said, it starts with acknowledging. Yeah. Yeah. You know, sometimes you can't do it, can't do anything or can't fix it, but you can acknowledge the fact, yes, this sucks or, you know, that, yeah, I I understand your pain. Or yeah,
1: exactly. Acknowledge, accept it.
0: You know, I'm to be like, okay, you're here, but I don't want
1: you, so go away. Grief. Yeah. Um, accepting it, and yeah, and just validating, right? So validating for yourself, like, yeah, this is a hard day, and then heaping on the compassion and kindness and generosity to yourself. Or like you said, if your partner comes home and he's had a hard day, validate yes and what can we do what do you need you know because um, often your needs will even change like you know what? i just need you to listen or hey you know what i need you to do Pour me a glass of wine yes. you know what i need yeah like there's just but really being in tune with what it is that you need and then having that conversation i think that's probably the biggest gift we can give each other is that listening without judgment and just yeah i'm like that sucks I don't even know what to say that I'm here and I'm so happy you told me and I love you, you know? Um, yeah. Stop getting just so caught up in what you're going to say, Just which gives you permission to relax too. You know, you can be more present really being present. Cause that's the thing, all of the stuff that we're fearing is all, well all fear is future based, you know, everything. So the more we can relax and be present and be with the ones we love and yeah, just hold that space for each other.
0: Maybe this so, <laughs> is yeah. well, Thank you so much for being on my show. Oh yeah. my gosh. Thank uh, you. I, I love talking fun. to you. It was great yeah. seeing you again.
1: And, you know, yeah. hopefully
0: next time, you know, we can fly again. And, you know, mm-hmm. really I know. Well, i Amsterdam's high on my list. I uh, didn't mean to get over there. So. Uh, you know? Yeah. And I was supposed to go to Canada and, you know, yeah that's such a small country if I'm going to Kingston I might as well visit you as
1: well yeah you're not far from me at all yeah no so uh, yes we will
0: reconnect yes
1: in the meantime we have this so
0: thank you thank you so much fellow listeners fellow supermoms. you know if you're you know think you know I might need a little bit of help go visit Tammy Falls' website I will uh at her address in the show notes so you can uh, download her really handy uh, tool that she has on our website and uh, if you think you know I, I need a Tammy on my side to help me move <laughs> forward reach out she's, she's awesome so thank you Tammy and see you next time yeah thank you so much Edine my fellow supermoms, thank you for listening I hope you enjoyed this episode. If so, please subscribe. Let me know what you think and tag me on Instagram at Nadine van Leer. And you might win the monthly one-hour special needs supermom coaching session. Stay sane and stay happy. Until the next glass of wine.